You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today on this fine Friday. It is Open Line Friday. Open Line Friday. There we go. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. On Open Line Friday, you can call about anything that you would like to talk about, including Bible verses that maybe you've got a question about or some Christian issue, issues of the day. There's a whole lot of issues of the day to talk about. And uh, we've been off for a couple of days doing our uh, fundraiser for India Partners. And I want to thank everybody who took part in that. Sure to learn a lot. I mean, the the uh, what we did for a couple of days is we uh, raised some money to help young girls who were being trafficked in India uh, get into safe houses. And I want to thank everybody who gave to that and who listened, who joined that conversation and um, were educated about it. It's such an important, important thing, and I'm glad that we can do that. So thank you for being a part of that. Today, we're going to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about, 888-528-2557. And of course, it is Memorial Day weekend. And uh, we'll talk about that some today as well. Important weekend. I think an important weekend always to get it right, to talk about what that day is really about. And, you know, I think two things are are important. Number one, I think it is important to take a day off if you can. I realize that maybe you work uh, somewhere and, uh, you know, you're, you're stocking shelves and uh, you're moving merchandise around a Target or something maybe. <laughs> some of you are doing. We'll probably talk about that too uh, today. Um, but most people, I think, get the day off, hopefully on Monday. I hope that you do or you're able to take off someday. Regardless, whatever you do, I hope you do two things. I hope that you remember those people who are uh, who have given their life for our country and the sacrifice that they have given and that it does matter, that freedom is never free. And we need to remember that because this, this is a scary time, I think, that we're living in with regard to those things. And also... Um, have a good time, because I think those people died not so that we can just be melancholy for a day, but so that we can have the freedom to go out and have the barbecue or go to the beach or do the different things, spend $5 a gallon for gas and drive somewhere and do all of that. So I think both of those things are important, and they shouldn't be done just one or the other. Keep in mind that it's a hard day for some people, um, people who have lost somebody recently. It's, it is a hard day, but it is okay. I feel like the people who gave their life for our country would want us to have a day off and enjoy being with our friends and family. So I think that's a good day, deal. All right, uh, 888-528-2557. I want to do, uh, just start off by getting on some, uh, some news. We talk about uh, presidential candidates when they launch. And uh, Ron DeSantis finally launched his presidential campaign. And there's an issue that I think is interesting is how did it go? Did you pay attention to that? Um, he launched it on something called Twitter Spaces. Let me tell you what Twitter Spaces is. Twitter Spaces, it's like audio. Uh, it, it, it's hard to, hard to imagine, but imagine that you're on a, like a group phone call. You know, if you're old enough, like if you're really old, you probably had party lines, right? That's what it is. And it can be hundreds of thousands of people in the same room. It's got like an audio room. So you don't see pictures. You don't have, people aren't texting at you or texting different things. You are hearing and you can join the conversation. There are ways to do this. I think that this is a big feature that's the future of social media. There's another company that launched during the COVID 
Uh, I think they're. I don't think they're going to make it because I think Twitter is going to take them over probably, and maybe one of the other services. It was called Clubhouse, and it was really interesting. I think you join different rooms and different conversations, and you have conversations with strangers, but you also have conversations with famous people and people who might be maybe not you know globally famous for something, but famous in your line of work or famous with something you're doing. So Twitter. Uh, Ron DeSantis said, I'm not going to launch on TV like everybody else has ever done in the last 50, 60 years. I'm going to launch on Twitter spaces. And uh, you know what? From a technical standpoint, it did not go well. But our founding fathers were keenly aware of the fragility of freedom. When they framed our Constitution, they came to arm with having studied the history of every republic and the history of mankind. All right. Sorry about that. We, all of those we've got so many. Now you're going to hear people talking over each other. This is how it actually sounded. You need to, This is the DeSantis launch. This is how it actually sounded. People hear that. I think we are. Common, and it was this. We are every single uh, kind of one of them the servers, had failed, uh, which is a and good sign. So they sign. knew it fell to our um, country, the United States right, like of America, to, to determine the, whether the, people uh, could really folks govern in, themselves. In the room here. Could we have a system? So I don't know what's happening here. Ron DeSantis just keeps talking. I don't know if it was pre-recorded. So what they were going to do is for about an hour and a half. The first problem is it went on for like they didn't even start for a half an hour, like a half an hour late. And I think they got up to 700,000 people or something in the room and then it crashed and then it got up to three or four hundred thousand. It's kind of where it stayed. And the the first long part of it, and several technical issues all the way through. Right, safe to say we would be making history without the man sitting next to me, Elon Musk, his decision. So I don't know if that's. <laughs> I don't know, Wilbert. Do you have a sense? Is is Ron DeSantis just talking, and he doesn't know that it is messing up, or is that a like they pre-recorded his opening statement beforehand? It or, sounds like it's pre-recorded because he. You'd think he would hear that. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's just reading something. And that went on for quite a while. I'm surprised many, but not those of us who keep known to work with Elon Musk for the quarter century. And so that was just kind of a disaster. And he's getting blasted for it in different places, of course, in the in the media. And, uh, you know, uh, when I thought about this, I, I don't think it probably matters one way or another after time. I don't think people are going to say, oh, your launch was terrible, so I'm not voting for you or I am. You know, what's interesting about it, though, is to me is when it comes back to Elon Musk and Elon Musk's attitude about failure, because this was a failure for Elon Musk and Twitter in the sense that you had this opportunity to showcase your platform that you've been working on, a platform that you've been working on to change and to do better, to do in a different way. And it was it was a mess. Uh, DeSantis did better in some television and other stuff later, but it was it was a mess. But. You know what I liked about this is, and I think this is a lesson for all of us. I've learned this, but it's been hard to learn this, is that Elon Musk has a great attitude towards failure. And this was a a failure, I would say, from a technical standpoint in all of those ways. Uh, Do you fear failure? Is failure what keeps you from moving forward? Well, that's a question that... uh, I'd like to hear from you at this time, 888-528-2557. It is Open Line Friday. I'll get your calls and other things also, 888-528-2557. Has there been a place where you finally faced your fears and you did something and you found out that it was much easier? 888-528-2557. Musk's attitude towards failure that I think is very interesting is this, is that he says that failure is an option. You know how you, you have people, a lot of people say, failure is not an option. And I get it. You want to be brave and you don't want to fail. But if you want to know why Elon Musk has been so successful with SpaceX and with the Tesla and with uh, I think he's going to be successful ultimately with the Twitter. uh, I believe that it's because he has no fear of failure. 
And what he says is that when we launch a rocket and it blows up, people think we failed and the news media says we failed. But what we actually did was get so much data on how to do it right that we saved years and months of design and trial and error in a laboratory by blowing up one rocket. He says it's cheaper, it's faster, and what you get is so much data on why it blew up that now you have all this to work with to fix it the next time. And you know, it might blow up the next time. Remember the uh, the Tesla truck that I guess is going to come out pretty soon, and it was supposed to have these shatterproof windows, and they rolled out this truck. Do you remember this, uh, Wilbert? Did you watch this? They roll out this truck, and they hit the windows with a hammer or something, and they break. And they're not supposed to break. And it happens twice. And, you know, people are like, well, what a failure that is. I promise you, it's not going to be a failure. It is something that is just not going to be. And part of it is because he was not afraid to roll the truck out before it was ready. He was not afraid to deal with the criticism that you get when you fail. Uh, This is something Musk said about this in an interview recently. He said a well-thought-out critique of whatever you're doing is valuable as gold. You should seek that from everyone, but you can, but particularly from your friends. And then he says this, it's true, okay? He says, usually your friends know what's wrong, but they don't want to tell you because they don't want to hurt you. You know what? That's true. Have you ever been in that situation? You're, you've got a friend who's failing at something or struggling, and they're like, gosh, I just don't know what's wrong. I don't know why this is happening. And you know exactly why it's happening, but you're afraid to say that's not really being a good friend. You know, there are bad ways to tell your friend that they're messing up. But, but you know, if you can get past the hurt of being criticized, if you can get past the hurt of failure, of doing it wrong, then your friends, the people closest to you, their feedback is powerful. And you you may not even agree, but you need to listen, Musk says, in a very, uh, very important way. That's why the Bible tells us that you know, we should have good counsel, that we will be as wise and we will be successful if we have good counsel. Good counsel isn't somebody who's just telling us what we want to hear. Good counsel is somebody who tells us what we want to say. And good counsel will allow us to spot issues that lead to failure or issues that have caused failure a lot earlier. And what happens is it makes us successful faster and it helps minimize inevitable pain that happens eventually whenever we fail or we do something wrong or we do something embarrassing and all that happens. I want to encourage you to, you know, be honest with your friends um, and to and to ask for input and ask for honest input. Find somebody in your life with whatever you're doing who will speak truthfully about you. Uh, I got a friend who does that all the time to me. And sometimes it's annoying, to be quite honest with you. But uh, he and I don't always agree, but often I do agree. And it's super helpful. I used to be part of a pastor's group that met every month. And, you know, one thing about meeting with other people that have the same job as you or in the same position, the same industry, is when you get together and you're from different companies, you kind of know what's wrong with the other guy's company. You know, it's if you're a pastor of a church and you're listening or you've worked at a church, you can probably walk into another church and pretty quickly discern what they struggle with. And it's probably something you don't struggle with. That's why you identify it. But see, the thing to remember is they can walk into your church and immediately know what you're struggling with. And you might be clueless about why you know, you're struggling with something. That's what people offer you. I think that's part of the, the genius of Elon Musk and, and people like him. And a big part of it is just the simplicity of believing that failure is necessary on the path of success, that it is an option. It's just you don't give up. You just innovate more.
and you work hard on those problems. I think that you find that to be uh, a truthful thing. And anyway, that's why that's my thought of the the failure of Ron DeSantis's uh, launch. Obviously, there's politics and important things that are um, you know related to all of that. We'll get to those things because it's uh, that season. the The election is coming. But uh, if you've got a story about failure that worked for you um, and a failure that you overcame, this is a great time to share that story. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. It is Open Line Friday. And I'll go to the phones now. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about today. 888-528-2557. Mark in Inglewood, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. How you doing? I'm good, Mark. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, God's placed this on my heart to share. Uh, I'm not going to, uh, you know, use any <clears throat> politics or anything. Or, you know, I'm going to share with love. And um, so I have a, I have a question for you. Um, would you walk around all day with your hand over your mouth? <clears throat> uh, no, I would not. Okay, why? Because you can't talk and you can't breathe. Well, <laughs> and you also why would look we ridiculous. Wear a mask? Why would we wear a mask then? The mask is a soft seal, and it, you know when you breathe, you can breathe out the sides, the top, the bottom. It isn't going to yeah. most people you from getting COVID. Yeah. Most people aren't wearing the mask today. What about people who no, do? I, I still see people with the mask. Why do you think they're doing it because of COVID? Or is it maybe they have a cold or something else and they've just decided this is a good way to handle it? Why do and maybe someone could call like if you still wear a mask regularly, why? Yeah, I know. I've seen people in their cars with the mask on and the windows rolled up. Yeah, and, there was a <laughs> you know, in the medical field, depending on what doctor's office you go to, they're all wearing masks. And I, I I'm just going to sh- use myself as an, an example uh, I work in this space program. I know all about failure. <laughs> ah, good for you. you. Know, it's a process of elimination. And I've, sp- I've spoken to you before. And, um, you know, when I had to go in to in a high bay and work there most of the night, I had to wear a mask. And I would fall asleep at 4 o'clock in the afternoon because my body yet wasn't acclimated to wearing the mask. I'm breathing carbon dioxide, which is my own mm-hmm. exhaled air. Uh, and I'll use myself as an example. In 1970, I was glued to the TV because we were going to lose three astronauts to breathing carbon dioxide. Right. They had to build a special filter. Tom Hanks made a movie about it called Apollo 13. Uh, real quick, I just want to, I'll just go really fast because I know there's other callers. I just wanted to present this information because. I, I have a saying if it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. And uh, we've had viruses in our world, Scott, for 2,500 years. I just read in Second Samuel 24:15 that there was a virus there, a plague, a virus that killed 70,000 people in, uh, around the Israelites. Mm-hmm. So you know we've we've had viruses. The, I think that the lockdown and the way things were handled by the CDC and by our government and health department was a huge mistake. You know, you, you don't run away from a virus, Scott, you run to it. And again, I'll use myself as an example. I grew up in the sixties. Yeah. We had wicked viruses in the sixties and it killed people. Let me ask you something, Mark. And, and I just want to move on. Cause we do have other callers on here. You know, some medical professionals 
wear masks all the time, even before the COVID and stuff. You know, a good friend of mine is a trauma nurse. And in his situation, you know, he wears them all the time. Um, and he doesn't like it, but he but he wears the N95 and it's tight around his face. And, you know, there's a whole different philosophy about that versus the cheap Costco masks that everybody wore, you know, during the, the COVID. Correct. You know, there seems to be some sense that in certain circumstances it's OK or even if or if it's it's partially helpful. Well, I, I just ho- I just, you know, hold it as company policy. Hey, if you want if you want us to, you know, to provide for you then you know you got to wear a mask you know it's the it's their it's their policy and it's the hospital but it's different when the government is forcing people to do it and the statistics aren't real good on it exactly i just wanted to share this and then i'll I'll go um we had the mumps the measles and the chicken pox and we had immunity parties there were no shutdowns there were church picnics sporting events everything and I got all three. And if you got all three, you were bulletproof. You were good to go. Real, yeah. real quick, real quick. The vaccine. If you got the vaccine, and I had to get the vaccine, I was forced. Twenty um, percent. You have a twenty percent chance of getting the immunities. And I'll use myself as an example. I got the vaccine a month later. Two months later, I got COVID. Uh, after I was done with the COVID bout. I went to the doctor, got a blood test, and they said, you do not have the immunities. I was so disappointed. My best friend. That was after you had the COVID and the uh, vaccine? After I had had the COVID, then I went to the doctor, and he said, no, you don't have the immunities. So uh, now my friend... He got he got the shot. All right, I got to bring you to uh, get to your point here, Mark, because I want to go yeah. on to the other call. Uh, he got he got the immunities, and he was in the twenty percent. Yeah, I, I just wanted to share that stuff because you know the way it was handled was absolutely the opposite. And uh, I've been educated in this. I taught chemical and biological warfare yeah. in the military for twenty five years. Yeah. So, well, Mark, I think I, this yeah. is going to be a discussion. And thank you for calling the Pastor Scott Show. I think this is going to be a discussion in the presidential campaign. We started off talking about you know uh, DeSantis's sort of failed announcement there, but there's going to be a lot of the technical failures that he had. There's going to be a lot of discussion. I think about how this was handled. There's two ways to do it, though. There's the rehashing things that are in the past. And if that's the discussion, I'm not sure that it's going to benefit the people having that discussion. I think that there needs to be, how do we not do this in the future? You know, what are the steps next time there's some pandemic, next time there's some virus that uh, starts floating around? How do we not just repeat the mistakes? It's been said that experience is the best teacher, um, but that's not really true. Evaluated experience is the best teacher. We talked about Elon Musk and failure. You know, we have a lot of failures to how we've handled the COVID, and there'll be a lot of discussion. I think there'll be a lot of discussion on uh, on the Republican side because uh, Trump and DeSantis are already going after each other on all of that. And uh, even on the Democratic side, if RFK Jr. has any voice, no, not making fun of his voice here, he has a voice problem, but if he's allowed to speak or have any debate, there's going to be conversation about that. We know that we missed the mark on a whole lot of things. The The question is, are we going to fix that next time something comes up? I think people are going to behave differently. I think, you know, if there ever was something that came up that was super dangerous, my concern is that the next time around, people aren't going to believe uh, what we hear from health officials, even if those health officials turn out to be right. Uh, because it was handled so badly this way. All right, Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. Albert in Los Angeles, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. 
Hey, how you doing, man? Good, Albert. How are you? I am good. Thank you for asking. So uh, I have two questions. Uh, first one is, why did God bless Ishmael and raise up a great nation through him, knowing that Islam would eventually come in the midst of all that? And my second question is, are Muslims who have genuine faith and they die with their genuine faith, um, how does God deal with them? If they have genuine faith in Islam, in the teachings of Islam, uh, yeah, that that is uh, the way. Like that is the like that is their conviction that uh, that is what they should believe. That is what God wants of them. Okay, so uh, where are you coming from with this? Are you Christian? Are you Islam? Are you something else? I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm You're a Christian, Christian, but okay, I'm curious to. Cause I always get questions like that, and I'm just kind of always throwing off. I'm just like, all right, bro, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, you know, it's uh, there are different parts of of your question there. Why did God bless the descendants of Ishmael? People are not tracking with you, okay? Uh, Ishmael is Isaac's brother, um, and one of the foundational disputes that goes on between, say, Judaism and and Islam, part of the reason that there's such a battle over Israel and the land and, and all of that in the Middle East, is that people, the Muslims believe that Ish, the descendants of Ishmael, who they believe they are, um, should have been blessed with the promised land, Jerusalem and Israel and that land. And the uh, Jews say, nope, that's not you. It was Isaac, it was us. And Ishmael was passed on. And there's reasons for all of that theologically. It's a 5,000-year-old problem. Um, you know, I would say that to the second part of your, to the second question, I would tell you this, that a person is saved when they believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, that he's the only way to the Father. And Christianity and Islam and the theologies are not compatible. They're completely separate faiths. So you can be a, a very sincere Muslim, um, but that does not make you a Christian or right with God. You have to accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ as the one and only Savior. Uh, on your behalf, and a Muslim who's sincere does not believe that. Um, so my answer is you, you get everlasting life when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, uh, and you don't when you don't. And that's really hard, especially if you've got friends who are Muslim or if you've come from another background, but I would ask people to investigate their own faith, investigate Islam, investigate, if you're Muslim, you know, really go back and get all sides to what does the Bible say about why um, one child was blessed with the, the line of uh, and became Israel and one wasn't. Uh, I think that matters a lot. I got to go to break here, Albert. Um, and uh, I don't know if I, I, it's such a long answer on the first part there of your question. You know, but God, yeah. God blessed the people because he promised to. Uh, he just didn't bless them the same way. You know, and then when you get into if he knew they were going to become Islamic, you know, well, there's some God for sure knew what was going to happen. There's some dispute as to whether those people really are um, the people who now could consider themselves uh, Islamic. But, you know, why did God put the tree in the Garden of Eden if he knew we were going to take the fruit off and uh, bring sin to the world? It really comes that same question. And, yeah. you know, God is looking, I think, for people who are sincerely going to love him. And you can't have that if there's not an opportunity or if you don't create, you know, at least some degree of free will. People have different perspectives on that. But there has to be some opportunity for people to choose God or not. And yep. at the end of the day, 
um, the people who look at Jesus Christ believe that he rose again from the dead. Because that's the, you know, Jesus is who he said he is if he rose from the grave. You know, that's why that the resurrection is so important. You know, Muhammad did not rise from the grave. Buddha did not rise from the grave. Uh, we know where all the other religious leaders are buried, where there's a there's either a marker or a very clear story for where they are, but we don't even agree on where Jesus was buried because he was only in there three days. And there's multiple tickets you can buy for whatever tomb you think it is, and they all might be wrong. Uh, that's because there's no body in there. And, yeah. you know, that makes it a lie. It's a, it's a complicated question, but a good one. I would, I would take a look, you know, at the different teachings about who Abraham is and why Christians or Jews would accept one version of Abraham and Islam another. And yeah. and how God's promises relate. I got to take a break. Thanks for your call, Albert. I'm way over. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Open line Friday, 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. I mean, I think that some of the things he's been attacking me on, I've been a little surprised at because he's attacking me from the left. And that really wasn't the Donald Trump from 2015 and 2016. I mean, he was a hard charger leaning in uh, on all the issues, very edgy on conservative issues. And it was part of the reason he did so well. Uh, but when he's taking Disney's side against me, I just kind of wonder, like, OK, I get he wants to hit me. But don't take the side of a multinational corporation that wants to sexualize kids. He's also hitting me against voting against immigration amnesty. There was the Goodlatte 2 bill in 2018. And he said that that is akin to voting against the wall. But that bill was a two million person amnesty for illegal aliens. Very little money for any border security. All conservatives opposed it. He did support it as president, uh, which a lot of us were upset about. But to hit me for being taken the America first position, I just think is a little little strange. So I'm not sure what his strategy is, but I think he's taking positions that are a little bit different than uh, than four or five years ago. That was Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who is to Donald Trump's criticisms of how Ron DeSantis has approached the relationship with Disney after Disney came out a couple of years ago, or was it last year? I think it was last year to support uh, or to be against or against rather a bill that was written to eliminate the teaching of um, sexual things to kids who are five, six, seven, and eight years old. It got called the Don't Say Gay Bill, but that's not at all what it says. It says we're not going to have sex education or any sort of indoctrination about sexual things or explicit sexual things being taught to little kids. And Disney came out and said, oh, no, we're in favor of that uh, or we're, we're against that bill. And uh, there's been the back and forth between Disney and Ron DeSantis ever since then in Florida. And a poll came out. And here's the question I'm going to ask you is when it comes to this subject right now that's going on, that's pretty significant of boycotts of Target, of Disney, of Bud Light, of the Dodgers. We'll get to those things that are significant, I think, in our conversation right now. Uh, how are you feeling about those things? Do they are they going to work? What's the point? Where does it you know what is the end result of that? I've thought a lot about you know, boycotts at different times before, and historically, I don't think boycotts have worked that well most of the time. Until recently, the Bud Light thing has gone you know has impacted Anheuser Busch significantly. The Target one is new, but Target has lost 12%, 12% of its market value in just a couple of weeks. 
Um, and Disney, a report came out that says that Disney, the opinion that people have of Disney, their reputation, the reputation for being trustworthy, a trustworthy company, a company that is family friendly, has taken a nosedive that people uh, overall do not trust Disney to be a company that's family friendly, basically, which is incredible when you think about that. When you just think about the history of Disney and who they are, that they are being seen in in such a negative light today by so many people. It's significant. And you know, I when you're when you're and Disney has lost what nearly half. I need to look that up, but I think in the last year or two, nearly half of their uh, stock value, stock price. And I think you know, as a parent myself, you know you. We used to have a place where with Disney and kids would say, can I watch something? And you say, oh, you know what? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you don't. You say, go ahead if it's Disney. Is it Disney? Yeah. If it's something else, you got to re- watch it first. And that used to be the case. You used to be able to say as a parent, oh, it's Disney. Yeah, go ahead and watch it, even if I haven't seen it. Now you can't do it. In fact, uh, Wilbert, you were telling me earlier today that Disney Plus now has rated R movies on it that are not edited. Yeah, I was reading something about that. They have like these Deadpool movies and stuff like that. They're bringing a lot of like the Hulu content because Disney owns Hulu as well. Right. So because Disney plus is having trouble. So Disney is not doing well when it comes to their, um, uh, online content and their movies have not been doing nearly as well as they used to. Uh, the theme parks are doing pretty well, but the rest of Disney is having a terrible time. You know, there's this controversy of Disney canceling a billion-dollar project, moving many jobs out of California into Florida, and they canceled that project. And the way it was presented was this was an attack on uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, because of all that controversy. But the reality of it is Disney probably really canceled that project because they can't afford it, because they have a lot of trouble. Uh, The Target situation, are you still going to shop at Target? The target situation, what's interesting here, and I got, in the, I got in this conversation with somebody online today between this and the situation with the Dodgers, if you're unfamiliar um, with all of these different things. Target came out with their Pride Month. June is, is Pride Month. It's been Pride Month for a long time. There's been Pride festivities and Pride-related stuff in, in stores and elsewhere for a long time. And it's always had some controversy, but it's it's been there. It's sort of part of what people have done. But this year, there is a change. There is a change because Target came out with a line of clothing that was aimed towards kids. And some of it is adult clothing that um, is really aimed towards uh, things that people have to do if they want to be trans. It's such a hard conversation to have on the radio. I'm not always sure what I'm allowed to say, right? But different outfits that allow you to hide what you you have if you're trying to look like a woman, but uh, you're not a woman, so it's harder to wear that bathing suit. Um, there's ways around that. Target putting that out there. And they put that stuff, you know, they say it's not in the kids section. There's a lot that is in the kids section, but some of the trans stuff is not in the kids section. It's just right next to it. And there's not really a marker that says, you know, this is where the kids section ends and this is where the kids section begins. I see. I think the difference this year is the kids, that there is an indoctrination push that's been going on towards kids of transgender ideology, 
um, and other left-wing ideologies. And I think that's the difference when it comes to Disney. I think that's the difference when it comes to what's happening at Target right now. That's what the Anheuser-Busch thing is about when they put uh, Dylan Mulvaney, who is a popular uh, male who uh, transitioned, he says, to a girl a year ago, and they put him on one of their cans. Um, And, you know, I'm wondering, is this a long-term thing that's going to work? Because to me, it's it's only going to – and by work, I mean – we're not going to pressure kids, right? That if it works, then you're not going to have these campaigns that sexualize kids, that bring in sexual conversation of any kind to little kids. You know, we've got crises of kids being abused and crises of so many different things, and uh, it has to end. The evil has to be called out no matter who's doing it, and we have to not go down this road. I think most people agree with this. I think that 90% of people actually agree with this. There are lots of gay groups out there that agree that we shouldn't be doing this. One of them is uh, Gays Against Groomers. I don't know if you've heard about that group, but they put out a whole lot of stuff out there to talk about how they're not for this as gay people, that their statements are basically they're, – they're, slogan is we're gays against groomers as a coalition of gay people who oppose the recent trend of indoctrinating and sexualizing children under the guise of LGBTQIA plus. And they discuss that. See, there's, there's a whole lot of people from all sides. It's not just religious people. It's not Christian people or Catholic people. It's people from all walks of life. who are saying not the kids. We're not going to do this to the kids. Does this work? from the boycott standpoint and the corporations, or is it temporary? Meaning that if you're a Bud Light drinker and you've stopped drinking Bud Light, do you go back after a month? If you're a Target shopper and you've decided I'm not going to shop at Target, a lot of people have made that decision in the past week or two. Um, To me, it might have a temporary impact, but it doesn't really do anything unless it lasts forever. Right? Are you going to go to Walmart instead of Target Uh, forever? Is that what you're going to do? Shop online? Uh, It is interesting to me what's happening. And then in Los Angeles, and this is a national story, the Dodgers are being, uh, the Catholic uh, organizations here locally are going to spend a million dollars in looking at boycotts against the Los Angeles Dodgers because of a anti-Catholic drag group that they are honoring at Pride Night in June. And, you know, that's a, it's an interesting thing to me, but it only makes a difference if people aren't going to go buy tickets. It only makes a difference if people are going to say, I'm willing to pay more by shopping in another store. It only makes a difference if people make the decision to uh, make it permanent until there's some kind of change in corporate direction. Uh, I'm interested in what you think about this. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Let me go to some of the calls on here. It is Open Line Fridays. So we'll talk about Whatever. Am I over on the break? You, all right, Wilbert, you gotta you gotta yell at me and put me on the uh, in the uh, the jail cell here. All right, I will get to your calls, Ted and Oscar and other people calling as soon as the Friday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, 
back to the show. I'm Steve Tatum, Vice President, General Manager of Bama Budweiser, your local Bud Light distributor. There's been a lot of discussion, frustration, and even anger across the country regarding just one single can made of Bud Light that was produced for a social media influencer. We, too, at Bama Budweiser are upset about it and have made our feelings known to the top leadership at Anheuser-Busch. The voice of the consumer has been heard, and Anheuser-Busch has taken action. We at Bama Budweiser, an independent wholesaler, employ around 100 people who live here, work here, and our children go to school here. We do not, and as I said before, did not support this issue involving Dylan Mulvaney. There was one single can made, was not for sale, and wasn't properly approved. As a result, the Bud Light brand has new leadership. Dylan Mulvaney is not under contract with Bud Light. The videos you may have seen are Mulvaney's own social media posts that went viral, and many web-based news outlets have distorted the story. You deserve to know the truth, and life is too short to let a couple of individuals decide what you can eat or drink or spend your hard-earned money on. And remember, making friends is our business, not enemies. That was a Alabama um executive for Bud Light and uh you can hear it in his voice you know that this has been impactful the boycott that happened at Bud Light that it has not been just a short term thing it has been very impactful it is uh for Bud Light maybe the worst year that they have ever had um in sales in fact i i guess this is true i guess uh, they're offering a $15 rebate if you buy the twelve pack of this, the, yeah, the twelve pack that only costs twelve dollars, so you can make two or three dollars. I guess just go buy it because no one's buying it. Um, what do you think about these these things? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. It is open line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about today. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Let me get to a couple of calls here. Ted, you've been waiting for a while. Ted, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, sir, Scott. Ted, City of the Angels. Um, how are you today, sir? I'm good, Ted. Well, I mean, I just wanted to touch on, uh, you know, I mean, I just, how about if we, if I was looking for a godfather uh, for my children and uh, and I had to choose Trump or DeSantis, I would go with DeSantis. What if you're, what if you're looking for a president, who would you pick? DeSantis. You're a DeSantis uh, guy now. Were you a Trump guy before? Absolutely. You can't, you can't uh, go wherever the wind blows and you cannot um, support um Disney that is doing stuff that uh, um, is not protecting our children. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, I voted for him in the past. But I'd never vote for him again because uh, we need to pr- protect the children. That's what Jesus said. And uh, I don't see him doing that. He's he's going wherever the wind blows. If it, if it affects you money, if he can make more money, he don't care whose soul he's going to sell. And, yeah. uh, and you what know, you're talking I, I about so that people can catch up is uh, President Trump... Uh, attacking Ron DeSantis on the Disney thing. Most of the other Republicans have been uh, softer on that also, um, but saying he shouldn't be going that way. And to you, that is uh, a significant thing. Significant. They're worshiping mammon. You cannot serve two masters. Um, you know, they're worried about their pocketbook. It's like, what about your soul? I mean, you know, look, I could have sold my soul, soul to Hollywood a long time ago. I want AA people begging me to signed to go to a movie deal, and I took one look at them, and I could see they were deceptive, and I said, I want no part of it. Are you, you taking know? part in any of these protests or uh, um, boycotts? Are you going to go to Dodger? Are you a Dodger fan, Ted? I am a Dodger fan. Are you, you going know, or are you I, not I, going? Um, I just, I don't really, you know, uh, go to anything but church and read my Bible. So it doesn't really affect you. <laughs> it, yeah, I, yeah like, I, I just, uh, I just, I love Jesus. That's my yeah. main 
All right, Ted. I want to get uh, I, I want to get to a bunch of calls on uh, the Target thing, but okay. I appreciate your call on there. It's an interesting thing. I asked him about the Dodger thing because it's one thing to say, "Well, I'm I'm not going to shop at Target or I'm not going to a Dodger game," but that's easy to do if you don't go to Dodger games and you don't go to Target anyway, right? Is there a sacrifice involved? I used to joke that for my New Year's resolution, I'm going to quit smoking or I'm not going to smoke this year, and that's because I don't smoke now, so it's going to be an easy one to keep. 888-528-2557. Oscar in San Gabriel, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Pastor Scott, love your show. Thank you, Oscar. Uh, Pastor, I just wanted to say it's uh, uh, quite amazing what the uh, world teaches to us, the church. I mean, these things that they, I don't want to say the name, give propaganda to the, uh, the beer, you know, but yeah, I think you already said it. But I mean, I can't believe this huge sabotage happened and it's amazing all this going on with the uh, uh, four or five kinds of uh, beer that these people run. And us, the Christians, we're not doing nothing. Because, I mean, I hear the, the 99.5 and other preaching channels, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's like they're so scared to talk about this uh, subject. But not just that. These, they come out in the news about Target throwing their stuff to the back and not uh, bringing it because they had it at the very front. But I was just, just, just to, for the fact that I just stopped at the target right now in Tagebra just to see what's going, just to give you a, an update of if it didn't happen or that. No, they still, they still have their stuff at the very front of the store and they have for dogs, they have for, you know, the colors, these other men, I don't know what they call them, you know, a bunch of men that dress like so, so weird, mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, homo, the drag, or whatever. Uh, yeah. and who even knows what's going on? But see, this is, this is all Biden's fault. I mean, cause, he caused all this. He's just not like it's not enough with the gay transgender, but he chased the babies. Now the babies, he put that mentality, and they're going to start doing this stuff. And that's why all right, Oscar. I go for Ron DeSantis. Yeah. I go for Ron DeSantis, and I think Trump is changing size, like the gentleman before spoke. I mean, and that that's really not good. Cannot serve two two lords at the okay. same time. So Oscar, Ron I want to go. I want to go on and get some other calls on the subject. I appreciate your call there. And you know, he pointed out that uh, the merchandise isn't really moved to the back. It is in some places, but it's not in others. And, and I think my thought about this, though, is that the major issue here, there's multiple things. It's the kids, right? It's the, the baby wear and it's the agenda towards children. I think that's what is driving a lot of this. 888-528-2557. Donna, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes. Hi. Good afternoon, Pastor Scott. How are you doing? I'm good, Donna. Good, good. You know, it, I've seen um, pictures of the merchandise that Target has in their stores. I've seen it on TV. And one T-shirt in particular had like uh, ram's horns. It looked like ram's horns with the name Satan on it. And, you know, that has nothing to do with transgender. I called um, the store in West Hollywood to talk to somebody in management and they totally denied the whole thing. The well, whole thing. You know, some of uh, some of what's being said is not entirely accurate. So what it is is the there is a Satanist, uh, a guy who says he's a Satanist, and he's the one who has designed some of the merchandise that Target has. And the he has some stuff that he sells on his website that is what you're describing, the Satan head or the goat's head and the Satanist slogans and something that says... Uh, you know, Satan is okay with your program, program, pronouns and things like that. 
I'm not sure that that particular logo is in Target. It might be because it might be on the tag, and I, I don't know. But some of the things that are being said or being sold at Target are actually not. It's the designer. Same designer does sell that stuff. And I think the thing that is truly at Target that has set people off is not even the pride displays, which are there every year, right? That's that's not new. They've been doing that for a long time. It's the yeah, front. It it's, it's the front and center of kids being involved with it. That is the area that I think is different this year. It's this agenda that has been going on uh, to push kids in this direction. And I think, and Donna, I appreciate your call. See, I think that when you know, I ask the question, well, what is different this year? Why all of a sudden? And I think it's because we've moved to a place where some of these things are so outrageous, right? If you look at some of the, you know, the whole book banning thing is another thing because the, most of the time books aren't banned at all. There's some that are looked at and then replaced. But most of the books that are being taken out of schools are pornographic and they describe all kinds of sex acts in very lewd ways. It's not scientific. It's disgusting pornography. And I think when people hear that and they hear these parents that have been going on now for a couple of years, people say, no, nah, that can't be true. You know, I think that's our initial because it's so outrageous. It's so crazy. You, nah, it can't be true. I think what's happening is people are realizing, you know what? It actually is true that that does exist. And, you know, uh, the idea that, oh, there's women who are competing or men who are trans men, trans women who are competing in women's sports and winning. Yeah, but that only happens once in a while. But now we're seeing it so often and we're seeing it defended in by people you wouldn't think would defend that at all. I think that's changed the conversation. I think that because my my theory, and I think that this is important for for us as a people, is that we can't turn this into left and right. This is about what is true and what is not true. And I think most people, there is a a clear belief that we shouldn't be sexualizing little kids, that we shouldn't have we shouldn't have books. So this is true. The main book that is being uh, called out in these schools that is hugely popular, bestseller on Amazon, it actually does um, recommend websites and apps that you can use, children can use, to find sexual partners online. It actually, that sounds crazy to me. When I first heard that, I thought, nah, that's not happening. And then I looked it up, even you know, all the fact check sites go, nope, actually, it does do that. I think that most people, whatever you think on a lot of issues, are against that. And that's why these things are going to stick. i got to take a break. It is Open Line Friday. I see a bunch of calls on there. Uh, Robin Rubens, Stanley, David, and others. We'll get to your calls as the Friday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned.